Welcome to a new episode of Cashes and Critics. Hello. That's it. <laughs> Come on, guys. My name is Jimmy Fogelback. Oh, shit. I'm John Fakis. And I'm Brandon Smith. <laughs> you wanted to say somebody else? <laughs> name is so generic. <laughs> I can't even remember. What do you. So, Brandon, you chose this movie. I did, talk about. I did choose this movie. Yeah, so it's a uh, very... I, I like to call it really... Um, it's definitely gained a cult following ever since, but I don't think when the movie came out it was really like talked about. I Yeah, I don't really... As a person who grew up in that time, I didn't really... Not that I was a child, but like, I still never really heard people talk about this movie except other people who were really into watching movies. Yeah. Like, my teenage friends were like, oh, you seen... Oh, yeah, we're talking about American Psycho, if you didn't read the title. So, yeah. <laughs> by the way... <laughs> Starring a very, uh, very good actor, Christian Bale. Christian Bale, yes. Yeah, this is his breakthrough role. Pretty much, yeah. Arguably his best performance. I mean, it's up there. Hey, he... Name, like, a bunch of other Christian Bale performances that you personally have liked. Uh, The Machinist was fantastic okay so um, you actually saw that one machines yeah. yeah yeah okay because i know about that film i just never seen it right oh you never seen it huh? no like, you know, and you i know, know his body transplant. exactly yeah. so christian bale obviously he is uh what the what would you consider a method actor yeah if you will he loses weight he really gets into preparation for his roles and whatnot and um I don't know. I feel like he's one of the actors that does things so drastically, but it also he doesn't talk about it as much. So, and I, I guess that's what I, I'm going to give you guys a conversation to talk about. Uh, what do you guys think about Muffin acting in general? Uh, it clearly worked for some people. Yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. Christian Bale. Uh, other people, it's honestly just it's a joke. Jared yeah, Leto. like Jared Leto. <laughs> He's also in this film. Exactly, right? Nobody thinks about that, but yeah, he is actually. I heard he actually film. killed himself for this film <laughs> <laughs> to see what it would be like. He, uh, I heard that he actually got reservations at Dorcia. Damn. <laughs> it's, he, he took long enough to see what it was the struggle was like. <laughs> All, right. All right, so obviously, American Psycho is based on a novel. Have you guys actually read the novel? No, I heard it was more gruesome than the movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. I remember watching um, a good documentary talking about like the MPAA's like, ratings and whatnot. And they definitely talked about American Psycho being one of those movies for it was garnering uh, NC-17 rating. If you guys don't know what that is, because it's, it's a rating that's not used a lot, obviously. It's the rating above R. So literally you have to be 19 plus in order or sorry, I think it's 18 plus. You have to be 18 plus in order to see the film. Not that you're in company by a guardian or anything like that. Like rated R. You can you can be our company by a guardian to watch the film. But so with somebody who is obviously of that age. Yeah, no, I think there hasn't been a lot of movies in my lifetime that were released in theaters that received that rating. I think the only one that ever uh, 
when I was like a teenager that had that rating was um, what's that Paul Walker film Running Scared that guy in NC-17 for you? yeah it was actually okay. I'm, I know that man. I like you know what really underrated film that hockey puck scene was cool yeah that was cool <laughs> um, um, Paul Walker I forgot about that yeah it was a really Walker. good movie which is my friends were skeptical about it because you'd see like the trailer and you know, it's just cool and it's like Paul Walker it's like eh. wow <laughs> it's because he's known for the Fast and, Fast and Furious, Furious so you're like okay yeah. so I was after like Fast and Furious I guess. Yeah, yeah yeah I think that's like generally his best performance I've seen in a movie. Fast and Furious Not, no 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 I <laughs> mean running scared <laughs> hey he really did a good job in those films yeah um so MC17 rating they had to like definitely notch it down to rated R that's baloney though because American Psycho was pretty tame pretty tame for 2000 standards though yeah think about that yeah but it's still pretty tame Mm. I mean yeah but like today's standards you got the Eli Roth and the whoever the fuck else other horror films well Eli Roth was doing shit in 2000s as well he was doing Cabin Fever yeah, was that? Yeah, you're right. That was that came out like before. That came out after American Psycho, though. Yeah, like two years though. Yeah, that's all it took, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, funnily enough, do you guys know that there's a sequel to this film too that nobody I, talks about? I do know the sequel. I did not watch it. I read about it and I was like, "But why? <laughs> it's not even the same character." No, it's uh. Do you know about this, John? I do. Okay, so Mia Kunis. Mia Kunis. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. She was the, the American psycho. <laughs> Wait, when did this come out? I swear to God, this like is 2002. Like two, three. Yeah. It came out like fairly and close. And it was Mila Kunis? Yeah. Wait, when did the, uh, that 70s show come out? How young was she in this movie? Uh, she was probably like 21, 22. Okay. I was going to say, like, 70s show came out like early 2000s, late 90s, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like she, she was like what 16, 14? She was like fourteen when she got on that show. Oh, she could have been probably nineteen then. Everything about it. Uh, are you are you uh, Google searching for us, yeah. Brandon? Yeah, it came out ninety eight. So it would have been like four or five years after that movie. Yeah, okay. so she would have been like twenties, twenties. Yeah. yeah. So um, my general, well, talking about the original American Psycho movie, what do you guys think about it? Like starting with John over here. He's distracted. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. I'm going to flip my phone down. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, what, was, what was... Repeat the question, sir. Well, Sir John, how do you feel about this film? I, I love it. You love I it? I love it. I, I absolutely adore this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot funnier than I remember it being. It's yeah. Kinda, which is kind of weird for like a thriller slash horror. But it's got a lot of dark humor in it, and I think it's great. Yeah, it definitely leans on the, like, black comedy side. Yeah. Like, really dark shit being talked about, or just, like, slightly addressed. Yeah. And you don't know how, like, as an audience, you're just supposed to laugh at it, like, in some weird, cynical way. Well, it's like, you, you don't really know how to react to it, right. so your initial reaction is just kind of like, this is bizarre, I'm just gonna giggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brandon? I mean, I, I did suggest the film, so I, d- I do like the movie. Mm-hmm. As I said, it's like a more of a... Even today, it's still more of a cult film, although it's getting more recognition as time goes on. Right. As, like, the... Just a really good film it is, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, 
it's like the the relevance of it is I don't know how relevant it is, but like the '80s culture is obviously not as relevant anymore. But like, it's not really about that so much. Well, you got like an '80s boom now in like TV and like well, in movies. I wouldn't say it's necessarily about anything '80s wise because this movie could take place nowadays and it would still be the theme would still be there. Right. Him trying to, um, like he says in the movie, like fit in with a certain crowd, mm-hmm. trying to kind of like assimilate. Just uh, '80s Wall Street yuppie culture was a good, very very good uh, backdrop to set it in. Yeah, it's like very easy to understand about how it's just like everyone's sort of shallow, mm-hmm. like doesn't really care about anyone. Yeah, yeah, to that's the point true. where no one recognizes who anybody is in this film. Which is hilarious if you think about it, because these guys usually probably have dinners with each other all the fucking time, and yet... That's all they do. Yeah. They, I saw them, like, in our office together once. <laughs> and they were in a meeting room, and they didn't meet about anything. Yes, nobody in this film actually works. <laughs> one, Except for, like, one of them and, like, the secretary... Or, like, the assistant to Patrick Bateman. No, there's a lot of people... Yeah, all the people who aren't, like, in Wall Street work. Like, yeah, like, obviously, you know, the prostitutes work. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> the, the security guards, I guess. Look, look, can't call them prostitutes. They're escorts. Well, one was a prostitute. Right. One was an escort. So, um, so personally for me, again... I, I watched this film back in what 2014 for the first time loved it and I every single viewing since I always feel like it always it heightens my I don't know just by my film like criteria like it fits everything it has the dark comedy that we talked about has great performances it's really quotable though I can't lie I can't I find like this movie insanely quotable this is the mean girls of horror movies and thrillers yeah pretty much the mean girls of horror movies i mean sort of appropriate yeah yeah him talking about like uh when he's looking at the cars being like oh my god it has a watermark yeah. <laughs> yeah. the tasteful thickness of it <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> you know when he's with the escorts and being like you know don't just stare at it eat it <laughs> shit like that just like dumb small lines that like always like i fucking love um so what did you think about um the supporting actors i know that like christian bale is obviously the forefront of his performance but i feel like supporting cast does a good job i mean yeah yeah there's a surprising amount of big name actors in the supporting cast too there's i didn't forgot reese witherspoon was in this yeah before legally blonde if i'm not mistaken before Legally Blonde. I mean, she was... Yeah, I guess she got really popular in the early 2000s. And then, like... Uh, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... It's, I mean, Spider-Man was coming around the corner, Jared too. Leto's in this. Yeah, Jared Leto. As we mentioned. So it's like... Yeah, actually, like, Willem Dafoe got, like, close to top billing for the film as well. Right. Yes, I he guess did. he was most, like, recogniz- one of the most recognizable actors at the time. Yeah. But it's, like... Small screen time, though. Yeah. Mm. I think it's also like close to one of Jared Leto's earlier films he was into. Mm-hmm. Was this before Requiem? Was it before Requiem? Ooh. Well, Brandon's fact checking that one. I think yeah. Requiem is 2001. 
if uh, I'm not mistaken. Yes, we have. We're at a different. That was 2000, actually. Oh, around the same time. Was well, the 99, right? American Psycho was 99. No, it's 2000. Oh, 2000. I got released. So, okay. yeah, I guess Leto will be working on Requiem and American Psycho in 99, and both movies came out in 2000. Big year for him, then. Yeah, let me take a look. Just quickly fact-check Jared Leto over here. <laughs> yeah, so I know one person in my life who is a huge Jared Leto fan to the point they said Morbius was a good film. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, man, he was really morbing. Morbin time. <laughs> He doesn't actually say that in the movie, does he? No. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, he they when they they re-released the film again, they should have added that line. Why not? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, he was in the uh, what was he in Fight Club? Oh yeah, yes. he was. Um... Yes, he was the one who gets like beat up by. Um, I don't know. His angel yeah. face. And I guess the other one he was in is the Thin Red Line. Hmm. I never saw it, but it's like I think it's a. What if I club come again? Ninety nine. Oh, okay. Girl interrupted. That sounds familiar. And uh, Prefontaine is a movie no one ever saw except me, apparently. Mm. So. Uh, so we talked about supporting actors. So let's just talk about Christian Bale. How was this performance for you guys? I mean, I think it's the best. I mean, it's, it's up there. It's a. It's what makes the film honestly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's a film about him. It's, it's he makes the film. He's in every scene of the film. This is another one of character study films. Apparently, we like doing all the time. Yeah, exactly. That's all we do here. <laughs> we're not just the podcast. We're like a fucking therapy session. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we're only doing character studies. Yeah. I mean, I think the next film we're talking about after this one's not really a character study. No, no, no. It so. isn't. Um. So. No, it could be. I mean, no, not really, not really. It could be it could be a character study on how people perceive other pe- things. Yeah, but it's not like uh, about this one person's like journey. Well, I guess it is, but <laughs> every film was about somebody's journey. Okay, <laughs> is it? I don't know. What about Clerks? Isn't that about nothing? It's their journey of learning how to deal with their lives. It's the daily endeavors of running a exactly. store. Um, so, Patrick Bateman, which is obviously a pun on Norman Bates' name. Yeah, it's a nod to the film, yeah. the, the film Psycho. Yeah. Famous, very famous Alfred Hitchcock yeah. film. Um, so, Brendan, do you want to talk about a little bit of the plot going forward? I mean, we could go over the general plot. I mean, it sort of starts off introducing our main character, Patrick Bateman, as a typical narcissist, but... Mm-hmm. I think very early on it shows the hints at like his sort of psychosis. I think there's like a scene where he's like goes to the bar and he says to the waitress he wants to stab her and play with her blood, mm-hmm. which may or may not, which most likely did not happen because she didn't react to it at all. Yeah. Well, maybe she just couldn't hear. And that's that's actually a, a kind of a, a thing that happens throughout the movie. Uh, there's another scene where he's at the the dry cleaners mm-hmm. and his uh, the stains weren't coming out of his uh, bed sheets. Yeah, and the way the film was edited made it look like the things he was saying he wasn't actually saying. He was probably just thinking, thinking about, about it. saying it because there's no way he was saying those things. And the two people running the dry cleaning store. Well, like, she couldn't speak English, so who the hell knows, right? And she did react though. 
Well, I said I'll kill you. So yeah. She yeah. She reacted after that. Now like I don't know what she said or. Or was the other scene when they're later in the club and he's talking to the girls like, oh, what do you do? He's like, oh, I'm into murders and executions. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, oh, yeah, a lot of guys in mergers and acquisitions. And I'm like, wait, did I hear that right? Like, <laughs> yeah. but he, I didn't think he said that. <laughs> like, I thought he said something else. Yeah, no, but, yeah. I love that shit. But, so, obviously, no, like, Patrick Bateman, he's narrating the story. and Yeah, he... I think the first scene is actually one of the most, like, key scenes because it gives his inner monologue of how he sees himself as a person. He goes right. over all the stuff like, oh, I can do a thousand crunches and then I, you know, put on a facial mask and all this. So then he, but then he quickly says, you know, Patrick Bateman's not really a person. There's an not idea good. of Patrick yeah. Bateman. Yeah. Like I don't actually exist. So it's really just his season, like sort of how the whole theme of the movie is of just like very shallow, superficial world he lives in. And he doesn't, really believe in it he just believes he sort of is doing everything to look good or to fit in yeah he doesn't actually like consider himself like a human being pretty honest about it too because even with uh reese witherspoon's character he mentions that like oh i want to fit in yeah yeah he does say that too but it's like (laughs) yeah but yeah as the film goes on we sort of just see his lifestyle and then Eventually, I think up until the point he doesn't really do anything psychotic until he stabs a homeless man in the alleyway. Um, no, actually, no, because he does. There is that scene where he is walking with the girl, and then and like, when they go into the dry cleaner. Oh yeah, but that's that- that's implied. But like you, you wouldn't, you don't know that for sure at that point. It's right. just like you just it's implied that like yeah he goes and talks this random woman on the street and then she sort of walks with him and then the next scene is like him restraining like a red stained sheet to the dry cleaners mm-hmm. so it's like but you don't see him like kill anyone up until the homeless guy yeah yeah but as like the film goes on he's like slowly loses his grip on sanity more and more yeah and it just sort of shows his journey towards um you know his eventual breakdown ending with uh yeah, spoilers, you know, it might have all been fake or a dream or, you know. Or him just assuming that was real. I wouldn't call it a dream or anything like that. Just his psychosis is telling himself that it actually happened. Yeah. And, and it didn't. Yeah, and if you're the kind of person who doesn't like ambiguous endings to the film, you'll hate the ending <laughs> yeah. film because it's yeah. one of the most ambiguous endings I've seen in films. Yeah. Yeah. See, even like me, we were just like before we started this pod, we were watching. Well, you were watching, but uh, I asked you guys that question like, where does the ending leave off? But I guess we'll talk about the ending soon. I want to talk about music in this film because I feel like music is a big part of the film, especially when Patrick Bateman loves to explain <laughs> his taste of music like he's the fucking spot up. Uh, sorry, um, what's the site that has the lyrics that talks about yeah genius like he's fucking genius yeah he's like the wikipedia before wikipedia for like 80s yeah famous artists so how do you guys feel about the music i think when when it's not when it's not playing like huey lewis and the the news is that what they're called Mm -hmm. yeah when they're not playing like famous actual 80s songs from like the 80s um the music is it, it very much fits 
the mood of the movie. It's a lot of classical pieces that you could almost like meditate to. Like it starts off with a classical piece in the beginning. Yeah. And uh, scattered throughout, they have it in the movie, and I think it works great mm -hmm. with the the mood. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, no, the soundtrack's good. It, the ambiance is, it fits the scenes they're in. You know, I mean, yeah, they, obviously they have the more contempt. Well, not, I guess they were not contemporary at the time, but the more '80s songs also fit in whatever when they're in like the club or whatnot. Just sort of reminds you, you know, this is the '80s. Yeah. <laughs> By the way. Still in the 80s, so. Yeah, no, they talk. Like, I mean, like, Patrick Bateman talks about Whitney Houston, talks about Phil <laughs> Collins, Genesis. Right, Huey Lewis. And the news says, again, we, we just talked about Back to the Future doing the cover for Power of Love. So, this is another film where I guess Huey Lewis and the news is really prevalent. Because I feel like that's, like, the most famous murder scene out of all the entire movie the one where he kills Jerry Leto <laughs> yeah that, is, that probably is yeah oh for sure because it's yeah it's the most like uh, it's the first time he does this whole sort of like rant about it so it's like really memorable and just the way they set it up with him like going on about it while like grabbing an axe and putting on like a raincoat and he's like dancing too and he's dancing. I heard that uh, that scene was improvised too. Like the little like shake he does. Oh, that's perfection. <laughs> that is perfection. I love I love when films just like have like obviously a memorable scene, and you you realize that like majority of that shit is like improvised. Yeah, no, it's yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good scene. I've definitely it's probably one of the most memorable scenes in the film. Right. Up there with, uh, I guess, the business card scene. Yeah, business card scene is really good. Uh, there's one scene where he uh, is about to strangle one of his friends in the washroom because <laughs> he saw his new business. Well, not, not his friend. Not his friend. In a his co-worker. His co-worker. <laughs> he does not like this man. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, he he doesn't. sleeps with his like girlfriend, right? A wife? No, it's a girlfriend because they're going to get engaged. Or, sorry, Mary. Fiance. Yeah. And, uh has his hands wrapped around the guy's neck and he turns around and the guy starts kissing Patrick's hand and it's just it's just really um kind of catches you off guard <laughs> right. not expecting I that mean, to it, happen it caught him off guard <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and he just walks out like you know what fuck this <laughs> but another like really funny scene in the movie yeah you and, were talking about your, one of your favorite scenes and uh, when uh, Patrick Bateman and uh, I, oh, when what's his name? Tim it's Timothy Bryce. What's his name? His good friend there. The like the character's name? Yeah, yeah with the really greasy, slick back hair. I don't remember his name. There's like I just gave up on trying to remember people's names in this film because <laughs> like it's like we said. There's a lot of um, a lot of times in the film, characters just miss like just. Uh, confuse people with other people like Patrick Bateman constantly is getting confused with other people yeah. right and like other people like even when in the beginning where they're eating at the restaurant like oh is that Paul Allen I was like no Paul Allen's over there yeah. oh is that the other guy no it's not even it's like right. yeah no one no one recognizes who anyone is like they recognize business cards not people <laughs> exactly that's yeah. how you know you make it in this industry, it's like though. they somehow know everybody's name but none of them know what a single person actually looks like right so it's like, it's just sort of like, I guess they only know them through their names because of like business cards and shit, yeah. right? 
But uh, no, you mentioned that scene also where like during the bathtub they're doing, or they're, they're doing, doing cocaine, coke in the washroom. Yeah, and the guy is telling Pat about how AIDS causes all these viral uh, like infections and stuff, and he mentions how AIDS can cause dyslexia. <laughs> Like, I don't think that's a virus. <laughs> yeah, prove it. Oh my god. Well, dumb scenes like that. I, I fucking love that shit. Um, I guess like another thing I like about the film was also like like when they're in the restaurants and whatnot. Like, be them being in the restaurant is like social. Like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like. Depending on what restaurant you go to, you're, like, more recognized or you're more powerful. So, obviously, they use uh, this restaurant called Dorcia. Has, like, the pinnacle of restaurants. Yeah, which like you never you, see in the film. No, you don't. But if you're there, that means you, you're number one. You know, you're, you've made it, in a sense. Yeah, it's, like, literally the one scene where he calls to make a reservation. He's like, oh, yeah, it's a little late. And the guy just literally laughs at him the whole right. time. He's... <laughs> Just like yeah, it's like and he just hangs up on him. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, who who do you think you are? Right? You think you get a reservation just like just like that? Yeah. So I don't know. I just thought like one of those like those moments like they really show like what these guys have to deal with on a constant basis. Like they need to be popular. They need to be like. I mean, it's the whole idea yeah. of like trying to like sort of show off like who you are like your status like I think that yeah the business it's very like American dream type of scenario like that's how you know you made it I don't even know if it's American dream I think it's more just like Mm. the yuppie culture where it's like you're concerned about like what clothes you wear and like where you go to the restaurant and like what your business card looks like Mm -hmm. very very vain and we just talk about that business card scene I'm pretty sure like there were actually two of those guys had the same business card, and then Patrick Bateman and Paul Allen also had the same business card. No, no, they they had some they had similar designs. See, like they may have looked the same, but one card had like texture to it. It was like yeah, know. yeah. The first, the second, and the third one did, but the first and the last one didn't, and they had the same font. Oh, you think like Patrick Bateman's card looks like Paul Allen's, Allen's card? Yeah. But also, when you hear them describing the cards, they're using the stupidest, like, eggshell. Eggshell. Somebody, somebody's card could be eggshell, and somebody else's card could be, like, cream. Turtle Ridge, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, look at that off-white color. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking, I'm like, they all look white, man. <laughs> it's white with black text. The only guy who had a different business card was the one guy he tried to kill in the bathroom. He had, like, gold text. Right. No, I'm pretty sure that there was a little bit of difference. It's so slight that, like, <laughs> it's, you're probably just, like, Mandeloing effect yourself. There's probably no difference. It could be. In all honesty, it could be that we're just Mandeloing ourselves. You'd be like, yeah, of course there's a difference. They're all different people. No, they're probably not. They're probably, all, like, almost all the same. If not, like, sl- it's different. It's, like, so slight that it's, like, imperceptible. Mm-hmm. So, how did you guys find, like, the, the, the kill scenes? Like... How did you guys like react to it? Like your first viewing, if you guys can remember well, going back remember. into those. I don't remember first viewing. The first viewing, I can't remember that. That was so long ago. Mm. I mean, like I guess if I want to describe it now, obviously the um, the first couple were actually pretty like sudden. Well, not sudden, but like they're pretty like played off as like very serious and horrifying. 
as the film goes on, it gets more and more over the top to the point it's like gets goofy. Yeah. Yeah. I think at the end he's just like on a whole. He's just running through the streets, literally just shooting random people. I think that was the point of it, though, um, was to show just how much he's really lost it, like mm-hmm. mentally. Because um, at that point, he thought an ATM was telling him to feed the ATM a stray kitten. Yeah. Um, so at that point, he's long gone. Like, he's fucked. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I love how he picks up the cat. Pushes it to the ATM and starts pointing a gun at it as if it's like you know like you better do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no that whole ending scene was pretty funny and pretty ridiculous yeah honestly considering he kills like how many people kills like eight yeah he, he blows up a bunch of police cars with a pistol somehow <laughs> just <laughs> he killed it's funny because you know he says feed the straight cat he shoots the lady that questions like what what are you doing this you think that he's gonna kill the cat after because like why not yeah but he just like drops it down and just like <laughs> leaves <laughs> like damn man you just forgot that like the machine wanted the cat well he got interrupted I don't know <laughs> I mean it seems like it's goofy but it's also like it kind of shows not only his like descent into madness but also just like very strongly reinforcing the theme of the film of like the shallow culture like he's trying to get into his car but like they're all the same fucking car yeah and then he, <laughs> yeah. Go- he goes into a building which he thinks is his office but it's a different building entirely and, and then the guard doesn't recognize like oh hi mr smith like no one everything looks the same and like nothing's like Everyone's like talking about they're like this car, those clothes, but like half of them look the same, and like not even in, you can't even recognize it. Like it's just sort of like the, the reinforcement of his stereotype. Like he's trying to fit in, but like the more he fits in, the like less recognizable he becomes. Yeah, like, less he stands out. Like he wants to be. At the end of the day, he wants to be like recognized as like an individual, right? Yeah, and like the only one person who actually recognizes him as an individual is the secretary. And, like, his... Well, there's two people. And this guy's fiance that he's banging. Yeah. And he just rips on that girl throughout the movie, too. Yeah, she tries to, like... I don't think he's trying... He's ripping, but not, like... I don't think he's doing it just to, like, make himself feel better. I think generally he wants her to see what he sees in a sense like oh you could do better than that are you talking about the secretary yeah 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 the secretary is like the only person he actually cares about as a person and like there's a whole scene where he invites her out right like to go to dinner when it's like a plot to just kill her because he's like frustrated or something yeah (laughs) that's kind of what he does like it's implied like a lot of the killings he's doing is just like sort of him taking his frustrations out on people yeah like he's just i think at the end he says he He's in pain. He just wants to inflict his pain on everyone else. Yeah. You know? But, like, she, I think she asked him a question, like, um, did you ever want to, like, make someone happy, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess that like, sort of shows him, like, this person actually cares about me and, like, actually wants to know me more than, like, what clothes I wear or where I go to a restaurant or so-and-so, right? Yeah. So he's like, yeah, you better leave or else I might hurt you. And he's like, yeah, I don't want that, so, mm-hmm. yeah. And the only other person who cared about him was the fiance, was her name Courtney or something? Because she, yeah. like, tries to ask him, talk to him briefly. And then he's like, yeah, you look good. And he's like, yep, thanks, you know, just bye. Mm. And you don't see her again after that, really? No, I guess you don't. Didn't they say they were going on vacation, though? Him and... Uh, or 
to their honeymoon or their, what to their marriage, I think. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, you don't see her after that because I guess he was done with her. Right. right. So, but yeah, she's the only other person who actually tried to talk to him, but like he obviously did not like her mm-hmm. as a person. He saw her as like a drug addict. He he uh he bit a lot of people in this film too, huh? Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, okay. You know what I'm. Okay, so what was he doing with the first escort and the prostitutes? No Did idea. Did he just, like... He brought out, like, a coat hanger, and we have no idea what happened after And then that. it just shows them... It shows the one girl, she's got a nosebleed, and mm. she runs out, and then the other girl just runs out, too. Yeah, yeah. we have no idea what he did with them. But do you guys have an idea? No, I mean, no. Pick no. their nose with a home. <laughs> Clean boogers, like, check and get this one out. <laughs> We're just gonna go hang their coats, and then, like, she was like, no, let me do it, and then she tripped and fell and hit her nose. I don't know. What is yeah. fucking know. Like, it's not, it's not a, they don't show it. It's just implied no. he did something pretty fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that whole scene was... It started off kind of funny. Of course. Of course. I, I thought that whole scene... I felt like if the Jared Leto scene was like the cream of the crop, like this that scene when they were... Well, Patrick Bateman's talking about Phil Collins and whatnot. I felt like that's like another memorable scene. Hell, him, he's smiling at the camera and he's, like pointing at himself. Yeah, he's making his own porn, you know, <laughs> for himself because yeah. the regular one's not good enough. I don't know. <laughs> I guess not. Can we also just talk about how this guy just like walks around his house or just exists in his house, his place? with porn playing in the background <laughs> yeah. or like the guy's doing like a thousand sit-ups with texas chainsaw massacre in the background <laughs> well that's not that weird okay, but, <laughs> dude, you fall asleep the horror movies so of course it's not Yo, weird to you why are you airing my shit out <laughs> god damn it guys yeah you're just like on a like okay a- i do not watch porn while fucking like doing my day-to-day basis okay <laughs> jesus christ yeah he's just like having a a business meeting was like porn in the background <laughs> you know it's like yeah that's that's kind of weird man anybody who any grown ass man that watches like fucking porn while doing any day to day basis is kind of fucking weird it's they like, have a problem and they need, <laughs> they need to address it <laughs> I mean are we gonna be honest let's just get it out isn't this like what half of ASMR is isn't this just like some stuff you put in the background <laughs> while you like essentially listen i've seen ones where it's like licking your ears and it's like okay there's no way that's um for relaxation right or well, a different type of relaxation but like you're not watching the person like lick the mic or maybe you are but <laughs> but i i definitely know some people are just putting it on the back okay, do you guys ever listen to asmr no i hate shit. i hate that okay i it like weirds me out. Like it makes me feel uncomfortable. Okay, I I I have something that I listen to that is an ASMR. I just don't want you guys to think it's weird, bro. Okay, I'm like I don't listen to ear licking shit, but I do listen to something. Okay, it, it's not that bad. It's just haircut. Haircut. Yeah, bro, that's weird as fuck. How's that weird? <laughs> it's not. It's... What are you, you got like scissors? Yeah, or like the buzzing or the zoom zoom. I swear to God, every single time I fucking take a haircut, I'm always falling asleep. I mean, yeah, it sounds great in person. 
And it's nice to have the buzzer on your head. That feels cool, too. Yeah, but it's just... The sound of it also makes me want to, like... like, like what do they sleepy. have? Just, like, conversation in the background, too? No, like no, 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 <laughs> no. fuck that. I don't want people... I, I don't talk ever when I'm getting my hair cut. You don't I'm want that... the quietest person in the world. You don't want that barbershop ambiance? No, no. I don't. <laughs> Anyways, where do we leave off? Yeah, oh, yeah, the apartment scene. Yeah, I mean, uh... What? Yo, I feel like Patrick Bateman would love ASMR. He would dig that shit up so much. In a sense, yeah, he does do that, though. Just ambient noise in the background when he does things, yeah. But, uh, I mean, like, this... I keep going on about how this film has subtle nods to his psyche. I think he's, like, trying to talk to the escorts and the prostitute, and he's just like, yeah, aren't you gonna ask me what to do? It's like, no. <laughs> like, and he's, he tells them anyway. <laughs> It's like, right. oh, I'm on Wall Street, uh, Pierce and Pierce. You heard about it? Like, no. Like, okay, but then, I, and then the next question she asks is, like, how much did you get for the place? And he's and like, then well, he's it's like, not your business. So, what the fuck? <laughs> because that's, like, not an acceptable question to ask. Why is that not an acceptable question? That's a very uh, like, general question. Because it's like, once you put a number on something, then it's like, then they can, like, judge you based on that number. Uh, because okay. it, So if he reveals that information, he could be like, oh, I know Paul Allen has a nicer place than you. Like, yeah. Mm. You just have to, like, look impressive. Like, as soon as you start talking about, like, numbers and things, then it's like... It's a fucking prostitute hanging in the streets. Yeah, but... She it, really the, cares? No, obviously not. <laughs> but, like, that's his whole perception of things, right? I guess so. Like, I, you... And it's like, um... He was going to murder the guy for his business card, man. <laughs> yeah, like, he yeah. cares more about the... Yeah, and then... Yeah, just briefly talk about his relationship with Paul Allen. This man hates Paul. <laughs> <laughs> he does not, like... Like, even, like, at the end when he's, like, break... Yeah, well, I'm not going to say spoilers every time there's spoilers. And then he, like, sort of breaks down after his descent to Madison and gets some, like, a phone call with his lawyer talking about all these people he killed and they're, like... And then, but when he gets to Paul Allen's name, he's like basically like angry about it. He's like, you can tell he fucking hates this guy, even after he's dead. Like, he just does not like Paul Allen. Mm -mm. Even when he's like talking to the detective played by Willem Dafoe. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, where'd Paul Allen hang around? Oh, he hang around here, the yacht club. Oh, he hang around the yacht club. He owned a yacht. No, he just hung around there. Like, <laughs> oh, he's a, oh, he's like, yeah, he's a Yale thing. He's a closet homosexual and did a lot of drugs, you know. Like, I forgot about that. Yeah, and like, he just, just keeps shitting on him any chance he gets. <laughs> for no reason to a complete stranger who doesn't know who Paul Allen is. Because hey, he well, doesn't want to be seen. Well, okay, so Paul Allen was a kind of a dick to him, too. C kept calling the wrong name. That's not like but that's just the culture. But that's yeah, just a culture. So. Everyone calls him the wrong name. That's not like he was. But like he thought he was a different guy. Although to be fair, he did say like uh, Patrick Bateman's a fucking nerd or something. A dork or a loser. loser. Yeah, because yeah. he thought he was like uh, the other guy. I forget oh. the guy he mistook him for. But he's like, he's like, oh yeah, he, uh, how's uh, Cindy or whatever. He's like, oh yeah, he's having dinner with uh, Evelyn. And he's like, oh yeah, can you believe he's dating that dork, Patrick Bateman? He's yeah. Like, he's like, yeah. You know, you see, he had it coming for him. Okay. Yeah. No one seems to like Patrick Bateman. <laughs> except, like, the two guys he hangs out with all the time. But, yeah. Like, everyone else thinks, like, Patrick Bateman's, like, a loser. <laughs> for some reason. I didn't... I, didn't, I think they put him, like, he's just a quiet guy. He doesn't do anything. He's not, like, crazy. Because even at the end, when the lawyer was like, oh, yeah, I can see... You know, that person doing that, that person doing that, but not Patrick Bateman. Yeah. 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 And he's like, I'm Patrick Bateman. 
please. <laughs> uh, anything else to add? About, about what? Um, I guess just the film in general. I mean, we're going to talk about that scene with uh, the Willem Dafoe scenes, how they were filmed. I mean, mm. uh, oh, you read about that? Yeah, I think just the Brandon trivia section. Why is it my that, that is a cool... The, you always drop the So if you watch here. these scenes, it's like, you sort of, like... You're never quite sure, like, what Willem Dafoe's thinking is because when they filmed it, they filmed it three different ways. Yeah. One where uh, he's suspicious of Patrick Bateman. One where he has no idea about Patrick Bateman. Two where he's undecided what he thinks. So, And I think they, like, cut tor- the scenes together so it's like a mix of them. Yeah. So it sort of keeps you off balance and, like, oh, is this detective guy know about him or not? Or, like... Yeah, although I think there was one scene that was in Patrick Bateman's mind where he's like, oh, where do you live? He's like, oh, uh, West End, you know, High Park. He's like, nice. He's like, yes, thank you. <laughs> like, I don't think I don't think Willem Dafoe said that. That was probably in his mind, like, that he's like, yeah, nice. Why not, though? It's a nice place. You think I mean, but yeah, it's like, so, like, yeah. odd to do when you're, like, interviewing a guy on, like, a missing person's case. Yeah. Right. So it's just like, yeah, nice place, bro. Yeah, because I definitely got the scene in the beginning where, like, when he's interviewing Patrick Bateman, that, like, he's trying to, like, he's suspicious of him already. Yeah, but it also... Because he's also, like, trying to trick question him, too. Yeah, he's like, oh, I feel... Am I, am I being cross-examined? He's like, oh, do you feel like that? And he just kind of looks at him like... Willem Dafoe just has that look where he just looks, like, intensely at all times. <laughs> Like he just has just sinister in a sense. He just looks like he's always like <laughs> suspicious of you, or he's like has he's thinking something. No, although that scene, though, if, if you watch it, that scene, like knowing what we know and how they filmed it and stuff, it makes sense now. But if you went into that movie, like if you watch that scene, not knowing how they filmed it, you're like, what the hell's wrong with this cop? Because there's is like, he even a cop. He's a yeah, because oh, weird. He's a private detective. He said he's hired by. Uh, Paul and like fiance or girlfriend or whatever, right? So like, I assumed he was a private investigator because you can't just like hire a cop, yeah, yeah. like to do like to investigate people for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, which is why like you never saw him like doing anything official. So that makes sense, honestly. Um, we talked about music. We talked about Patrick Bateman. Um. We can talk about the ending, where it's left ambiguous. I mean, yeah, I mean, after he goes in this, like, huge killing spree, he goes back to the um, the apartment where he had all the dead bodies, Paul mm-hmm. Allen's apartment, and then it's just, like, completely clean, there's, like, a woman cleaning people around. He's like, oh, are you here for the viewing? He's like, no. It's like, yeah. He's asking, like, what happened? He's like, I think you should leave, right? He's like... I always wondered if it's like the ambiguity of whether it was real or not. Like someone pointed out, or I've read somewhere that was like, was she actually like covering it up? Because like in the terms of like the whole shallow culture, right? If you're buying a real estate, like if someone died there, like it's obviously going to decrease the property value. Yeah. So would they just like omit that fact so they could sell it for a higher price? Like there was a lot of paint there. There was a lot of paint. It was freshly painted. (laughs) Mm. So like. Would someone, would the people in this movie, like in this world they live in, this exaggerated version, like cover up a whole like series of murders to like make their property value go up? Possibly. 
don't know, man. And there was kind it, of it like... It was a, like one or two, maybe. There was like a, like a fucking body bags down there, man. Like, there's so many fucking dead bodies I in mean, that house. The movie itself is, like, over-the-top anyway, so, like, why not, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, and she seemed pretty sinister about, like, telling him to leave, right? Like, she didn't... She wasn't just like, hey, you know, you shouldn't be here. She was, like... Never come in, back. She was, like, intimidating him to, like, not come back. Mm. He's like... It's almost like she knew something. Yeah. And, yeah. like, he knew... She knew he knew something. So it's like, mm. okay, you better leave. That's true. But no, it's like... I didn't dig that scene, like, like that. I just thought, like... That scene is just to establish that this could be in his head, but you do raise an interesting... Yeah, point. I read that. I'm like, that's actually interesting to think about it that way because it's like they live in a materialistic world, so, like, why wouldn't they cover up, like, someone died there, or a bunch of people died there so they can get, like, top dollar for selling it, right? Mm-hmm. You know? And then uh, after that, it's like he goes to talk to the lawyer, and I think we mentioned this, he mistakes him for some other person. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that was you on the phone. It's like, no, I'm Patrick Bateman. And the guy's like, this isn't funny anymore, you know? It's like, I had dinner with Paul Allen. When was it ever funny, to be honest? If somebody just randomly came up to you and be like, yo, I fucking killed a bunch of people. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, take that as a joke. (laughs) I mean, especially the way I I feel like his, uh, it was very convincing, his joke. Mm. <laughs> yeah, on the phone he was like hysterical, so it's like, yeah, that didn't sound like a joke. Um, yeah. So but that's even what... even with that being said, even if it was like, even if he just said it, and he was kind of laughing throughout it. Yeah, but he's a lawyer too. You think that like if somebody comes off, a yeah, someone goes up to a lawyer and says, "Hey, I murdered a bunch of people," he's gonna be like, "Yeah, good one, buddy." <laughs> like I feel like he has some sort of duty to take it seriously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like if you go to, like, a doctor and be like, hey, doc, I got, like, a bad headache I've had for a week. And be like, yeah, okay, whatever. See ya. <laughs> Just go to sleep. Have some water. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like, yeah. It's like, once again, it's like, was did he actually meet with Paul Allen in London? And who the fuck knows? No one knows who anyone looks like in this film. Yeah. No, and, more that you bring this up, that makes a lot more sense now. We actually don't know. Yeah, like, they, people get mis- mistaken for other people all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like, though, the, 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 what's his name? They got the business card he tried strangling. Lewis. Yeah. I feel like that guy you can't mistake for anybody. He had the he, stupidest haircut. He was the only person who was not mistook him. <laughs> yeah. Because he had, like, yeah, he was made to look like an actual, like, dork. He had, like, the, like, almost like a bowl cut. And then he had, like, the bow tie all the time. Yeah. His hair looked pretty bad. It looked like Will in, in like Stranger Things season four. Yeah, <laughs> like it's that well, bad. I mean, it's the eighties. So I don't know. Maybe that was the time. Yeah, he looks like a like a boy, like a twelve year old boy that grew up. Like <laughs> <laughs> he looks, he looks like he belongs in like the the little rascals or something. You know? The little rascals. Like actually, though, like it's that's what he looks like. <laughs> he looks like alfalfa or something. Oh. <laughs> Am I wrong? Like, does he not look exactly like similar to that? <laughs> kill me. Yeah, but I think yeah, the ending he well, his secretary discovers his um notebook where it's like a bunch of horrible doodlings of him like murdering women like violently. Yeah. Or like positions of like naked women being like killed in different ways. And then he just says, like, you know, he goes over his whole inner monologue about um, 
you know, everything I've done was meaningless, you know, I, my life is suffering, I want to inflict pain on others, but, you know, I can't, and, you know, this whole thing was pointless, so, yeah, it leads, it's just an ambiguous ending, which, like, the natural reaction for me is, it pisses me off, (laughs) I don't actually like ambiguous endings so much. Same with like Inception. I'm like, God damn it! Like, don't <laughs> the do fucking Totems thing is I'm still like, spi- like spinning. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, was it actually all a dream? Uh, yeah, it's I like, feel like that's like the perfect way to end that movie, though. But this kind of movie, like when you look back on it, it is like the ending works just because it's like the whole theme of the film of him just being like psychotic and like doing these ridiculous things. It's like I think it's sort of saying like. I guess the commentary was um, like how psychotic he was but like in a way the world itself was more psychotic than him because it allowed him to exist and like no one cared mm. like it allowed us a bar <laughs> <laughs> that, that was good I mean it's true like he goes yeah. around like like if like if you assumed everything was true he went around murdering like dozens of people and this like no one cared about it at all and mm-hmm. it even possibly went another way to cover it up, right? Yeah. Like, who knows? Maybe the lawyer was even covering it up for him, right? Like, he's like, yeah, I was with Paul Allen. Yeah. 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 Because it's his lawyer, right? So he's just like, yeah, okay. I'm, no, I was with Paul and he didn't kill anyone. So who yeah. knows? Like, is that... I mean, I think there's three, like, common theories. It's like, one, it was all real. Two, none of it was real. And two, some of it was real. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's really up to you what you think is real and what's not so yeah it really makes you like what it, it makes it so when you watch the movie again you really get to like look at the scenes and think about what what's actually exists and what doesn't mm-hmm. so. um any other things we want to add i know that I, we didn't talk about how uh leonardo dicaprio was gonna play this role of patrick bateman yeah he was offered the role so yeah he wanted $21 million to be <laughs> I heard Keanu also. Keanu Reeves? Yeah. No. I cannot see Keanu Reeves being in this movie. <laughs> no, I could see, I could see Leo. I can't see Keanu. Yeah. I mean, they went with the best choice, obviously. Hey, Keanu. Hey, uh, Patrick, you want to go to Dorcia? No, thanks. <laughs> I'm just going to go home. <laughs> hey, Keanu at that time was, like, hot, man. Like, he's I mean, fresh out of the Matrix. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did Devil's Advocate too, not that long ago from that time. Yeah, he was a lawyer in that, yeah. Yeah. Bill and Ted, yeah. <laughs> Bill and Ted. Yeah, I keep forgetting that he was in that. That's like one of his I most know, that was literally films. his thing. As one of his most well known films. I know, but he's so, like, you think about Keanu Reeves and you think about, like, the Action way he movies. acts, right? Yeah. yeah. He's in, like, Matrix, like, Constantine, all that stuff. John Wick. Constantine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but no, that's his breakthrough role. Yeah. Yep. Um, anything, anything else you guys want to add? Maybe I think we fleshed out majority of our thoughts on the film. Yeah. It's a really short film, to be honest. I mean, it's an hour and 40 minutes, which is short by today's standards, but it's like, it's like, it's a reasonable time. It, it flies by, though. It's a very... It's not like I, I wouldn't call it a slow-paced movie. It, it's very uh, yeah, no, yeah, so, deadly. Yeah, for a movie that's like mostly 
talking and going to various restaurants. It's fairly fast-paced. Yeah. It's 50% of the movie is in some random restaurants. Mm-hmm. So... I was going to say, did they ever go to the same restaurant twice? I don't think they did, right? No. No. Always different. Yeah. No. Yo, okay, how about this? What what restaurant did you fucking hate? Because I hated the one where they had, like, the metallic fucking, like, menu. menu. I'm like, who the fuck has metallic menus? Yeah. Like, fuck off. It was just supposed to be, like, hip. You know, it's a new thing. I think they said it was also in Braille. And Braille, Jesus. Like, they had, like, the metal Braille that you could read it in. I don't know. Like, no, fuck that place. <laughs> what about the one where the hot guy holds up the big wooden sign to the city? And he's, like, reading it off it. They took Paul Allen, too. And it's like no one was in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just... Uh, do you want to know about the specials? <laughs> the most offensive thing you could ever say to, like, a Wall Street guy? Also, though, when he went, when he took, um... I forget her name, but the the guy's girlfriend. Louis yeah, yeah. When he took her to that place, and she was all like, drugged up, drugged up. Like, isn't that kind of awkward? She's just like slipping in her chair. She's not even like conscious. Yeah. And he's just like, you're gonna have the carrot soup because it's delicious, and then you'll have this because it pairs well with the carrot soup. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, like thanks. <laughs> I mean, I guess he sort of like has. Makes me wonder if she even ate the fucking food. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, who knows what happened? Because then after it, like, cuts the next scene of them, like, just in the the office, right? Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, interestingly enough, I keep talking about, like, how everyone, like, a lot of the thing, the theme of the film is, like, everything is very similar looking to each other. People get people confused all the time. It's a very shallow world. The only thing that actually is, like, distinct are the restaurants in this film. Yeah. yeah. Like, all the restaurants are very distinct. Mm-hmm. Like the shitty like metal menu restaurant. Yeah. The, like the low lower class restaurant. Yeah. Like the whatever high class restaurant they went to there. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. All like very different from each other, and they're like the only things that are actually different. Yeah, yeah, no, I do do agree with you on that because I feel like the restaurants are like in itself, dude. Like characters in this film. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I'm, like I said, it feels like 50% of the movie they're going to restaurants or they're talking about going to restaurants. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. They, it's, it's, One guy even says, I'm not even hungry, but I want a re- reservation. Yeah, they're me. like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not even hungry. I got that reservation. <laughs> it's like, that's their whole life is going to restaurants and pretty much that's it. I can't think of anything yeah, else. Social doing chatting coke, and whatnot. Yeah, doing coke. Or steroids. Yeah. Or steroids. <laughs> the um when they were at that that metal um menu place if you will um mm. and those like two really like they look like they were the in, goth like, the goth yeah they like Yo, the i was so weird by that i'm like where did they pop up from they never show up in the movie again and they just show up there they say that like it's the reese witherspoon's cousins or something yeah, like that artists. they're artists artists okay. but they don't like it doesn't make sense to me because like if they're artists, I'm, I'm sorry. A lot of artists is a broke. <laughs> I'm sorry to point that out, unfortunately. Uh, it could be because, like, they're connected to Reese Witherspoon and their family's probably, like, rich or something, right? I see. So they, well, yeah, doesn't uh, her dad works, like, because when he's listening to his music in the car and she keeps talking to him, mm. when he says he wants to fit in, doesn't she say, like, oh, my dad's, like, the head of the company or something? They said his dad's the head of the company. Oh, his dad. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I okay. Heard that. 
you know, mm. they never really mentioned like that at all because once again, no one does work in this film except Paul Allen. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only one who closes the Fisher account. <laughs> He's the only one doing work apparently. And the one guy he mistook Patrick Bateman for apparently he was also working on something. Mm, there you go. Which apparently wasn't going well. So <laughs> that's the only reason Paul Allen's the only one who actually successfully did any work. Right. Anyone, everyone else in the company is just like going to fucking dinner all the time. Yeah, but no, it's a. I think it's a great film. It's a cult classic. I think it's becoming more recognized as like just a classic film. So what would you rate it right now? I give it like a nine. Nine. Nine out of ten. Okay. I'm thinking the same thing. Nine. Yeah. It's a great. Yeah, it's a great film. I mean, like I was worried when I watched it again, like maybe it wasn't going to be as interesting, but I thought it was more interesting the second time I watched it, mm. knowing what I knew about the film. So. I'm thinking about giving it a 9 or like an 8.5. It's like really ruffling around there. I mean, yeah, it's. I think it's... Good. I think I'll give it an 8.5. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'd, that's pretty good too. I think the, at the time when I watched this film, you know, I love it, right? It's memeable. It's quotable. It's uh, fucking outrageous. And I have a, a lot of respect for it. Now, I feel like knowing a lot more other movies, I can't give it like a premium 9. I just feel like like I could just put like an eight or eight point five on it. Still good, still really good though. I think there's just there's some scenes in this movie that just push it to a nine though. Mm. Like you said, you mentioned earlier how he he's biting a lot of people in this movie, mm-hmm. and uh, right before he kills that that one girl with the chainsaw, he's chasing her throughout the apartment, and at one point he just decides to bite her leg. Yeah, and she kicks him in the face, and he goes, "Not the face," because that's you know that's what matters in that moment that she fucked up his face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not that like, he's trying to murder her, yeah. <laughs> and that she's getting away. No, it's that she kicked him in the face. <laughs> yeah, no, that's again, that's hilarious. He, he has the chainsaw in that scene. Yeah, so I, why, like, why put it down? I think I pointed out to Jimmy, like, yeah. why did he drop his chainsaw to go bite her in the leg? Like, yeah, what's he yeah. doing? Like, he got hungry. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck knows, yeah. Uh, anyways, we're going to wrap this up. Um, anything else you guys want to say, Last, If you like films about psychopaths, go check out our review on Nightcrawler. <laughs> <laughs> or American Cycle. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll just mention that briefly. I think I compared the character of Nightcrawler to Patrick Bateman I'm pretty sure they're very similar they're very similar they're very similar I think the only difference is in that film he's a lot more focused than Patrick Bateman is he has like a goal Patrick Bateman just kind of does shit (laughs) yeah yeah that's true uh John anything you want to add no that's about it uh honestly we recommend this film it's on Netflix that's a, a lot of the times we recommend films, and I always feel like we never talk about like where you can f- catch it right now at the moment. Oh yeah, well I mean I just like assume people can acquire any movie they want if they really try. At this point, I'm not going to mention any sites, but <laughs> they're out there. They're out there. Yeah, if you want to be a pirate, you know, you can find sites online. Pirate of the Caribbean, yeah, and Jack Sparrow. Anyway, guys, we're going to wrap this episode up. Thank you guys for listening. We had a lot of fun doing this. And until next time. Yep. Bye. I got to go return some videotapes. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that he didn't do, though. <laughs> um, well, that's John. That's Brandon. This is Jimmy. 
Take care. Peace. Bye.